Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from season one of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in season two. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of season two the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club and I'll see you in the clubhouse. Those are qualities that are very seriously important in a relationship. Continuing on in this relationship, in this amorphous, undecided way that you both are, will not serve you. The feelings of love will not end because you are ending this relationship. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. I'm excited about my guest today. I want to get right into it because we are recording this. It is uh, early June and it's an interesting, I was just talking to her right before we came on this recording. Uh, We have not ever met or talked before, which is the case with almost all of my guests. There are a few that I've spoken to before, but uh, it's really interesting in light of the coronavirus uh, kind of, uh, you know, the reopening is all over the world, etc. So I want to ask her about that. So I want to get right into it. My guest today is 30-year-old Isabella, who is dating 30-year-old Mark. Isabella states she has a very healthy relationship where there is love and a great deal of respect. However, there are incompatibilities that she feels are too much to overcome in the long run. Isabella wants help sorting out her conflicting feelings that Mark is not the one. With her knowledge of this man who is a fine man and continues to show her great love and commitment. Welcome, Isabella. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. And thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. Oh, great. Uh, As I said, I'm excited to have you as well because of your very interesting living situation and story. So um, first of all, tell me where you live and what things are like there in terms of reopening and coronavirus, etc. Definitely. So um, I actually started, I'm a teacher and I started uh, working in Kuwait seven years ago. I'm from Canada and I moved to Kuwait uh, seven years ago teaching and I was there for three years. And now I've relocated to Dubai, um, and I've been here for four years. Um, The corona situation here has been more relaxed. 
we did have a couple of weeks of lockdown. I believe it was three weeks. And now things are finally uh, getting back to normal. Malls are opened up. Restaurants are opened up with social distancing. And there are guidelines and regulations and things like fines, of course, if we don't follow. Um, however, things are beginning to open up. So that's been really good. Wonderful. It's really interesting. Technology is allowing us to talk. I know it's very late where you are and very early where I am in New York. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine. Um, did you go to Kuwait as a young teacher on your own? You got it. Yeah. So I finished um, university and I got a job before graduating and I moved to Kuwait when I was 23. 23, really? yeah, on the brink of 24. <laughs> Goodness, wow. And uh, what was it like in Kuwait? It's a Muslim country, correct? Yes. It was a, a very different experience. It was a culture shock at the beginning. Um, things are open as a society. However, there are restrictions. Like, for example, there is no alcohol. and There were things that I wasn't used to, for sure, and all the cultural differences I've had to learn. Um, and the, the treatment of women. Mm. What was the most like we you know in the in the West found. we hear about yeah in the West we hear about uh, a lot of oppression in this part of the world, but when I actually got there, if you're a woman, you come first like you're a priority and they take care of you and mm. yeah it was it was actually mm. very shocking for me to see that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I love that about this part of the world because the media says something so different. Yes, yes. It's, it's, just, it's sad in a way because uh, it's not the truth. Tell us what you right. mean by when you say women come first. So, for example, I've had never uh, an issue getting like into a taxi. They, name, they never made me feel uncomfortable or getting stared at or called upon or anything like that. Um, men are... I think they're just raised that way in their culture where they're very respectful in the way they treat a woman and they speak to a woman, even out in public. Um, and there would be like no talking down or, or anything like that mm -hmm. in terms of oppression, um, mm -hmm. at least not visibly and not for expats. There's a huge expat community in Kuwait and especially in Dubai as it is more open. And um, even here, I laugh with my friends because in Dubai, we would have like ladies day and you can go and have, you know, free drinks, three, three wine, uh, glasses of wine at the restaurant. That's only for ladies. Like they have those things just for ladies. So it's, it's really interesting. Now in, in Kuwait, there was alcohol? No. So Kuwait didn't have any alcohol and no um, nightclubs, no entertainment, no things like that. We mm -hmm. had movie theaters, um, shopping malls. It was open. Um, it's not quite as strict as say, for example, Saudi. Um, there mm -hmm. were no restrictions on what you could wear. They just said, you know, obviously be modest in the way you dress and things like that. But otherwise, it was, I actually found myself that I made such close connections there because it was limited to what you could do. So I actually mm -hmm. spent more time, yes. you know, getting to know people very well. So mm -hmm. I'm quite gr grateful mm -hmm. that I started in Kuwait and then moved to Dubai where it was more open and more like home, but with better weather if i could say yeah, right. Right, right yes so um so you're talking about when you're talking about ladies night and having wine that you mean in dubai in dubai yeah that's here mm -hmm. yeah 
And what was it that made you move from Kuwait to Dubai? Was it the need to be more open and be more like home? Better opportunity? What was it Um, that made you uh, move after you made such a connection? I was... sought out um, online on Facebook. A school had found my profile and they knew I was a teacher and they sent me an email that they need someone urgently. Um, so I'm not sure how that happened, but you know, I, I don't believe in coincidences and I, I feel like that was meant to happen. And I had visited Dubai from Kuwait with my friends when I was living there. It's, it's just about an hour's flight. And so mm-hmm. I, always, um, I always loved it here. You know, it was more open. It was like the place to go to for the region in the GCC in the Middle East. So, I mean, I always loved it, and this opportunity kind of literally fell into my lap, and I said, yeah, I'll run with it. Amazing. The change, um, you know, from, like we said, cultural change is is a very interesting perspective vis-a-vis dating, and it begs the question, Um, in terms of the religious aspect, which I can imagine is a very, you know, big part of the culture, uh, meeting men uh, of of various, mm, for lack of a better word, stages of faith or what have you. In terms of you, what what is your, if you feel comfortable telling us, um, are you uh, practicing in any religion? What is that like for mm-hmm. you vis-a-vis men? So it's interesting because growing up, I'm I'm mixed. Um, we immigrated to Canada when I was little. I was, I think, eight uh, years old. I'm Romanian. Um, however, my background is half Romanian and half uh, Turkish from my father's side. So it's interesting because with the cultures, even growing up, my mother is Orthodox. My father is technically Muslim, but he never practiced it or, you know, like we never practiced it in the house. So we never uh, took any religious roots, let's say. Like my, my sister and I grew up uh, just in our family, you know, normal. Um, however, here it's interesting because most of the population is Muslim, of course, other than the expat community. Um, but I never took a specific route. I, you know, I believe in God, I pray, and I do it that way, but I, I don't call myself anything. So it brings us to where you are with Mark was 30 years old. Tell us about how you met. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So Mark and I met on Tinder uh, September three years ago. So this September would be three years since we've known each other. And uh, Tinder, of course, is alive and kicking here and Bumble and other apps. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. You just yeah, don't think as like, an American or Canadian or Westerner, you, you really don't think of the Muslim world again. You know, we have these preconceived notions. We don't think of the Muslim world using something like Tinder. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? So I, I mean, met... what is it like there in yeah. terms of, um, I mean, I, I can't, I guess I can't imagine how that really is. Not, for lack of a better word, like allowed or that the men don't immediately make an assumption about a woman being on an app like Tinder. Can you talk about that? Right. Yeah. And I feel like especially for a Western woman, right? It's yes. different as yes. well. Yes. <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. Right. So I would imagine, 
you know, our perception of something like Tinder here, I'm still getting as, you know, a coach with a, a dating program, an online dating program, talking to women, you know, when I mention uh, using Tinder, sometimes women will be startled and they'll say, but, oh, I, I thought that was just like a hookup app. And it's right. no longer perceived here as that while certainly it can be. And for men in general, as we know, talking about uh, men putting women in one or the other category of Freud's Madonna whore, uh, that it's very easy for men to categorize, so we have to be very careful. However, Tinder has become mainstream and it is probably the leader now so men of all stages of being from a consumer to a buyer are on Tinder. It's how we present ourselves. However, we would right. think here in the Western world that Tinder in the Middle East would be non-existent. So I'm really um, happy to hear about this. Please tell us, what is that like? So for the most part, it's very similar here in that people think it's a hookup app. It's just for fun. It's playing around. Um, of course, there are dates that happen from the app and relationships, and I can attest to that. Um, however, one key point that I want to make about Tinder here, uh, in Dubai specifically, is that from a man's perspective, it is an app that where girls want to get paid. So there is a lot of prostitution, mm -hmm. if I may say that, and I'm not sure. If oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, yes. Um, yes, and it's like that, that here. here as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that here as well. In terms of uh, here, I don't know. Maybe you can speak to this, and I don't know if you know this because I think only a man would really know this. But there is a lot here whereby prostitutes and prostitute rings from all over the world uh, they create mm -hmm. profiles that appear to be, quote-unquote, uh, for lack of a better word, just a normal girl's profile. And they're actually, the right. person behind that profile or people behind that profile are, Hello. of course, yes, absolutely. And it mm -hmm. happens to men all right. the time. And I deal with this in my program, working with women about this, because um, what happens is that quote-unquote normal men who do not want uh, to be on there for anything like prostitution, they're very wary of women and how the women connect with them because they're, uh, they're, right. they get many, many here. I mean, they can get hundreds of these kinds of uh, profiles coming at them and they start out naive about mm -hmm. it and they go and connect with these women that they believe are uh, what looks like a girl next door and is actually uh, right. a prostitute wanting money. So it's um, they get to be very wary mm -hmm. of connecting with women vis-a-vis, -vis, calling them and talking, even meeting, and I deal with that in my program on how to get around that. So I would assume that right. that's pretty, you know, uh, par for the course for you there, and how have you navigated that and what's it like? Right. Uh, thank you. So I would say the only difference here 
is that it's very overt and it's very like uh, give me your credit card number. It's it's very much like that, and the profiles are real. These girls coming here are here to make money. Um, a lot of them from from every part of the world, really, but a lot of mm -hmm. um, very gorgeous women who come here to be you know bought out. Uh, whether it's money, purses, shopping, whatever, whatever it is. Yes. And it's quite mm -hmm. obvious because even uh, guy friends of mine have told me that uh, most yes. of it is like that online, and it's really hard to find like an actual normal person to to speak ah. to and to, to date. So that's interesting. The way I navigate that, well, I mean, I hope I I make my profile look as authentic as possible, and I also write in the description, um, you know, about me and. Yeah, kind of like what, what my likes are. What so I try and my photos I think are okay too. I don't show too much skin or you know. Mm. I yeah, I think it's. Mm -hmm. I hope I cater to the right men. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So do I'm you actually have to put in your profile that you are uh, actually looking for a real relationship and not anything. Um, yeah. So I think the way mm. it, I think the way I worded it was. Um, I'm looking for the next adventure in my life, or I'm looking for a man who's looking for the next adventure in his life. I didn't uh, say it in those words, but I think it portrays that message. Mm, that's that's tricky. If I might, I would say that mm. that is a kind of a trigger word for men because adventure. men see that. Yeah, I thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want a relationship and are only mm -hmm. looking for serious uh, men who would um, be would consider a wife who would not be traditionally or from their uh, you know I would assume the cultural religious thing comes into play, but in order to right. uh, kind of weed out men who would not look at you as a serious wife candidate, I would probably stay away from that phrasing and really put it out there Wording. as to just what, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how would I, would I, you know, I said something along the lines of I love a man who can handle a kitchen, have deep, have deep conversations and is ready for the next adventure. Would I just say and is ready for the ah. next step in his life or the next wave in his life? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, meaning uh, who is ready for a relationship. Uh, you know, if, if you're ready to say that, but I would do it regardless, which would be who's ready for a real relationship leading to complete commitment and marriage. Otherwise. Okay. So just being you know, very straight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and if need be normally uh, like here it wouldn't be as um, as significant to say that in terms of um, mm -hmm. the, the prostitution thing it, it's always significant to say it in other words if that is right. going to deter a man from meeting you um, mm -hmm. well that tells you something so be it. exactly yeah. yes Right. Totally. Yeah. So it's very important that. to be straightforward that way. So uh, and and here, absolutely, you can put that. I think for you, it might have to be something along the lines of an equal relationship, because something. Right. I, would, I would have to think more about that. But how you put, e, you know, 
that it's equal, meaning that um, you're not going to be a bought wife, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe something like for an equal and real relationship or something along those lines. Absolutely. Yeah, I really yes. like that. Yes. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So let's Thank get you. into, yeah, it's so fascinating that I, I, I mean, I guess we here, you know, we're kind of in our bubble and uh, really don't think about something, you know, I, I find your story to be just really fascinating. Obviously, you speak Arabic, correct? I do not speak Arabic. So interestingly what? enough, to live here. Oh my gosh. So we don't need to, you don't need to speak Arabic because everybody here speaks English. It's such a big expat community that everybody speaks speaks English wherever you go. You'll find all nations living here. It's very multicultural. Extremely That's amazing. Is it the same in Kuwait? Uh Kuwait is as well. Um, yes, yes, in fact, yeah, it's English everywhere. Yeah, and if that you're Arabic, then of awesome. course you can speak Arabic too, you know, when you go. But even to the stores and, and everything, it's expats working. So, yeah, I love oh, that. Wow, wow. And uh, I, I got to ask you so many more questions about that, which, you know, I know everybody's here. Uh, let's get into the situation with Mark because that's why we're here. But I got to talk to you after this because I just right. find it really uh, uh, amazing and wonderful. And and what a life adventure. I think it is so cool. But let's get into Mark because I know that's why everyone is here and why you're here. So, <laughs> Mark, tell us about you met again on Tinder. And you got to a first meeting. What was that like? Um, the first meeting was, was good. It was very respectful. I remember it was um, Ramadan. So everybody begins to fast. And um, it was very busy on the road that day. It took us approximately two hours to get to the restaurant. And the whole entire two hours, we couldn't stop talking. Like, we just connected right off the bat. I'm very easygoing, and he's easygoing as well. So we just hit it off really good. Um, and we spoke for the whole entire time. And I really loved our first date because I got to see how he reacts in these situations when it's like, you know, it is high traffic and it is a lot of people and does he get frustrated? I love that. Like that for me was a great first step to see this man's character. Mm-hmm. Um, then dinner was really good. We we spoke, and so the the whole date I think ended up being close to something like three or four hours, which I know is very long, but most mm-hmm. of it was traffic. <laughs> and he yeah. was still reaching out, and you know he was being so chivalrous, always opening the door for me, always like, and he always referred it back to culture. That, that's how he was raised, and his mom raised him to be a man, and you know he has these amazing values and so many things that I want in a man. I really think, Paula, that I'm having a girl's dream, like, as a problem, you know, when I think about it. Because here's a man, here's a man that's completely ready. He's a bona fide buyer, uh, just ready to commit to me. And not Mm -hmm. for, you know, sometimes they say, oh, well, you have to be careful here because they might want your your passport or they want to get married for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I never got that from him. Like, he's just this, like, old school, very traditional, high value man, mm-hmm. um, a gentleman, you know, like the perfect mm-hmm. uh, definition. And yes. so it's hard. It's been really hard to break it off. We've been talking about it for probably half the time we've been together. Haven't been able oh. to actually break it off. And we'll get more into that. 
So I want to I want to stop one thing here because I'm I'm it's going ding 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 in my mind about uh, the first meeting. Uh, how did it come to pass that you were in the same car? Was it a driver driving you? He picked me up for the date. Okay, so that so we had a here, call. I didn't speak much to him online. We okay. had a call and yeah, that, he. All right. That would be an absolute no-no here. And so I don't know if that's culturally acceptable yeah, there. And, right. Okay. An absolute, ladies, no, no, no way, no how here in the States. Okay. And probably everywhere right. else. Because um, two things, really. First and foremost, your safety. Because you really never, ever, ever know here especially, who is mm -hmm. behind that profile of the cute guy you're seeing online. You just really do not know. Mm -hmm. Glad you had a call with him. That's in my program. That's how we get to the meeting, the first meeting. It's very, very, very important for the man to do that reaching out and show you that he has the respect enough to introduce himself prior to you ever going on a first meeting. And uh, I just want to take a moment to talk about this as well. Many women say, oh, that's, you know, he's not going to do that. That's so old fashioned. Um, a, a, a guy's not going to call you from online. You just text, you go back and forth on text, and then you meet, and then you see. But you must set yourself up to be respected. And for him to make that first effort and show you by making that call and it's one of the most important steps in my online program and i tell mm -hmm. you how to do that in a in an easy uh, simple way that sets you up for success here's why because men believe what you do with them you do with all men so in their mind when you just meet via text you don't set yourself up for being of high value. And from the very moment that you're making connection, you need to be setting yourself up for the potential of being his wife and possibly mother of his children. And for the man that is always kind of looked at and judged, are you of high value? So you had the call, and that's really great. Yeah. Here, ladies never, ever get into a car and have that man pick you up before you have met him because of the safety factor here. In, um, and even if you are in a city like, you know, that is at every, every single stop along the way, you have a chance, you know, to get out of that car. It doesn't matter mm. because you are showing him I do this with all men and that gives him an impression that you don't want him to have from the get-go you meet the man where you're going to meet him in a public place and that's there's a lot to the program about using a, a um, an, an app on your phone, not to give out your real number, all manner of safety precautions online that a good man respects 
that you do because he, you are showing him my safety and my respect for myself come first and foremost. So you will always win with that. Okay. So let's get to you're, you're going along for the three years. It's concerning to me that hearing half of your time has been about not like breaking up or not being together, but you have this love for each other. Mm. What's the relationship like? Is it a sexual relationship? Tell us about it. So the relationship kind of includes, it's, it's very wholesome, it, it includes everything. Um, we, um, so, it, because you didn't mention, mention sexual, I just wanted to say that I did take his virginity, I don't know that has anything to do with uh, But he was up 30? until me, he has never had that sex before, and he was oh. uh, 27. 27, yeah. okay. So when yeah, we, and that's, like, but know, that's first very year, typical. You know, Right, that's, that's not an unusual thing in the Muslim culture. In other words, you wait for marriage. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. And he, he just said he, you know, he felt, he felt good and he wanted to do that with me. It's not like there was no pressure or anything like that. Yeah. Right, right. That wasn't. But mm-hmm. the whole relationship was kind of everything. It was, you know, we go out every weekend. Um, he always takes me out. Different activities. Um, we go to the beach, uh, we spend time in, like, just normal, you know, going shopping together, kind of includes everything. He met my family and he met my friends and they all love him and they all say, go for it. And I'm here, you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out, but I, I want to go the other way, whereas he wants to get married and have a family. And we quarantined together for uh, the one week we were in lockdown. We quarantined together. Mm-hmm. And I realized in him, you know, because he used to stay on the weekends and so on, but having him stay a week, I realized that our lifestyles are so different. Uh, Even like the, you know, the, you don't really get to see until you have that person with you 24 hours day and night. And so did you see? that's when I, that was one of the times when I realized like he's okay. He works very long days. Uh, he's an engineer. He works, you know, 12, 13 hour uh, days. And of course on the weekend he's tired, but he doesn't mind on the weekend literally having, um, so our weekends are Friday and Saturday. Sunday is back to work. He doesn't mind Friday uh, kind of sleeping until, you know, 12 or even 2 p.m. And then just watching TV for kind of the rest of the day and relaxing. Like just very taking it easy, you know, because he's, mm-hmm. he's worked all week. So I, I do understand that. Whereas for me, I wake up at, you know, not 6, but 8, 9, and I go have a workout and I go meet a friend and maybe I'll go to the beach with my friend. And so my, half of my day is already gone if I was to wait for him. And I did, you know, and it got me frustrated at some point. And so I think we're not compatible with the lifestyle. That's one mm-hmm. thing. Another thing is um, his sisters came to visit and this is where culture plays a big role because with me, he'll drink alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll go uh, clubbing, whatever else. However, when we went to an Italian restaurant when his sisters were here, his sisters are both in his 20s, in their 20s, right? Um, he texted me if, uh, if it's okay if I don't get a glass of wine because right. his sisters aren't used to it. Right. And they're Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with that because, you know, he's asking you to be his wife and so on. And I said, don't ask me that question because I would hate to say no. So do not go ring shopping. Like, don't do that. And part right. of the reason why is this, because I, I want to be who I am. 
And yes. even, you know, two kids later, I don't want to pretend in front of family that I'm this perfect wife who doesn't drink, but then when they're right. gone, we drink. You know, that doesn't sit well with me. So okay. That's another lifestyle thing that was a big one for me. Another yeah. one, if I can keep going, Absolutely. was um, religion. Talk about and like I said to you at the beginning of the call, yeah, at the beginning of the call, I told you that I'm not religious per se. Like I have a belief in God and I have my own connection. Um, however, he wants his kids to be raised Muslim, which I understand. And I, I told him I'm not mad about it. This is who you are. You know, it's part of the reason yes. why I love him. Exactly. Yes. But I, uh-huh. I don't, I, you know, I want my kids to be baptized. Like I want certain traditions that I'm used to that he doesn't agree with. And mm-hmm. to be honest, many Fridays when it's prayer day, I'm the one that's like telling him, hey, you know, go to prayer, like wake up and go to prayer. Because I want him to keep to those traditions and that's his religion. I, I don't want to change him. I would hate for that to, to happen. But I ah. just, I'm not part of that. And for my kids to be raised that way, uh, we don't see eye to eye on that. So that's another okay. point. Um, another point okay. is, you know, <laughs> what, if, what if we do move back to Canada? I know I have a lot. Um, if okay. we go back to Canada and his credentials are not um, recognized and he works at, I don't know, anywhere, a gas station or who, who, God knows, you know, um, uh-huh. what if he's going to start to resent me and he says, you know, I started from zero and I did this because of you. And he said he's willing to do that for me. But I don't want to okay. be the one responsible if, you know, to feel resented or to be responsible for his, you know, failure or not doing well, and then what if he goes back home, like he's, he's Egyptian, um, and like leaves mm-hmm. me with two kids? There's just so many things in my body okay. that I can't go yes. forward with this. Another reason, well, I can give you many, but <laughs> I think mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just stop it there for now. Um, uh, you, my my core belief one. when it comes to this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's self-development. Like I'm into, I love uh, to meditate. I love self-development and reading authors like Wayne Dyer and Napoleon Hill. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just like I love developing who I am and getting better as a human. Whereas he is kind of very comfortable where he is and doesn't do those things. And I tried to kind of show him and like send him, you know, videos and podcasts and he listened to this and he appreciates it, but I don't see him kind of taking that hold of his life. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. when I met him, he healed a part of me that, you know, I felt that I wasn't enough maybe because of my ex. Like, he would be, he was he was a consumer, definitely. My ex, you know, he Your would ex. reach out to me every couple mm-hmm. of days. And yes, mm-hmm. before him, um, also here in Dubai, mm-hmm. um, where he, like, he chased me for the first seven months, then it didn't work out. But I think when, when uh, Mark came along, he really... Mm-hmm. Uh, like his love helped heal that part of me and he really truly showed me what a relationship should be like. So I think he had a reason for coming into my life. Definitely. Right. However, now I feel like I've outgrown, I don't want to say outgrown, but we're not aligned anymore. Like I've, I want Mm -hmm. different things. Um, And his, like he loves me, his actions prove it. It's just that my core belief is, you know, if he was it, if he was the one, I would have taken the next step no matter what. But mm. because I'm, I don't feel that way and I'm hesitating, there's a big reason. And I think these are all you know, pretty good reasons as to why 
I can't see a future. There's just so much um, uncertainty. So I'm, I'm going to address those points right after we come back. Are you online dating or thinking about it? Go to theonelovedatingtest.com and see where you fall on the scale of being expert, adept, or inept at capturing the interest of men who are ready, willing, and able to commit. It's fast, free, and you'll get immediate results. So we're back with Isabella, and she's brought up the four or five points that are absolutely valid when she is thinking about her life going forward. And I need to ask one really important question that will kind of supersede the others. I'm going to ask that question after I go through the points that you have raised, Isabella, okay? Because I think they're, of course, they're completely valid. So the first is you're bringing up the cultural differences. Uh, Vis-a-vis, for example, in Mark's culture, it is completely acceptable uh, and it's just part of it. It is not a what we would consider in the Western world a self-improvement culture. It is more of a religious culture. So God, you know, gives you life and you have a, a kind of purpose on earth, which you are divine just by being. It is a very accepting culture in that way. And that is you, you can be who you are and you are loved. You're loved by God and you're divine. And you don't have to be proving to yourself or anyone else what can be conceived on their part as to be better. Now, we in the Western world, it is about discovering all that we can be. And it's very, very different. We are cultures um, in Canada, the United States, Europe, the Western world of doers. We do. And it's not just God gave you life, but you better really do something and um, uh, be Mm -hmm. something more or else you've wasted your life, right? You've wasted your yeah. opportunity. We talk a lot of a lot about wasting time, right? That the, the right. Mars culture, there is no such thing as wasting time. It, it's just not a part of the. Uh, it's not in their brains about wasting time. In other words, when he lies around after work, mm-hmm. that's not wasting time. That's just living. That's being. It is not at mm-hmm. all in his lexicon or the lexicon of the culture of that he's wasting any time and that he doesn't have to do in the way that you feel an urge and desire to do. And so, what can happen, yeah, you said right? it. Yeah. What can happen mm-hmm. for the woman, she, in the, in the cultural differences we're talking about, in other words, if it were the other way around and, and Mark was of your culture and you as a female were of his, it would work very well because he would be doing and producing 
and out, you know, going after things that he, you know, advocations as well as vocations, right? Uh, a runner, a, a marathoner, a, you know, go to the gym, uh, that kind of thing. And the wife would be, or the woman in the equation would just be living and doing and not hustling. And it wouldn't bother him as the man so much. But as a woman, it's bothersome because in our culture, being from Canada, from uh, the States, Western world, right. we, we as women admire men who achieve. It's just in our culture. We are born to be attracted to the highest achievers in life vis-a-vis uh, -vis all things. A man who is achieving in his education, in his work, in his, um, even his body, he's improving himself by being a runner, uh, a, uh, a bodybuilder, a whatever. We admire those advocations almost as much as we do their vocations, right? It just seems like then they have drive, right. and drive for us is very exactly. male. And a woman right? admires that. Absolutely. Yes, yes. like yes. I want to admire my man. And I it, do, it, it, you know, he does have a good career. Yeah, okay. That's, that's not to say that I don't admire him. But right. Even like, especially lately in the last year, he's mm, taking it easy. He stopped kind of doing those things. Uh, and okay. that can happen in a, in, in a Western man as well. You know? Oh, I mean, absolutely. It can happen to anyone, any man. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it is part of the culture that that is not what makes him a man. Yeah. In his culture, what makes him a man is how he treats people, how he adheres yeah. to the tenets of his religion. That's what makes him a good man. Mm -hmm. He is kind yeah, to Yeah, taking care of the women, family. Taking right. care of, yes. Being exactly. uh, above board. Um, all of those. And those are, those are qualities that are very seriously important in a relationship. You are in a dilemma of desire versus, um, what's the word, security and commitment and what's, what's profoundly important in a relationship, right? Right, and he has all those things that are important. So I'm he here like, am all. I going to regret this if I don't? Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. However... Right, you um, then you bring up the religious and familial things that are um, what you're really getting to is what you're perceiving as hypocrisy, and that's very hard mm -hmm. to swallow. We want to show to the world exactly who we are, and if yeah. there's any hint of hypocrisy or being phony. We abhor it. We don't want that. Yeah. Right? It's very 100%. interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting how we have developed into this. Because heretofore, I would say probably before the 1920s, even in the States, I can absolutely say that we were not this. And what's interesting is that because we are in the United States, a culture mostly, and again, this is back when we were, um, when we came to this country from 
other parts of the, from Europe. I don't mean Native American peoples. But we were founded right. as a country on British values. And think of the British back then, which is you are, um, um, let's see, how do I put this? It's not really phony, but you just toe the line and you do pretend in terms of just being polite. Think of the Queen Mother, right? No one yeah. can act in any way towards her that is improper. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you must toe the line, and that is just what's done, and that's it. And, uh, right. you, you know, you don't say anything or do anything that would uh, offend. And that is extremely British, and we were developed on that. However, by the 1920s, it started changing here, and we, but we still... Um, you know, have some of that in us, but not to the degree that a culture like uh, Marx is going to have because it is profoundly right. important for him to be perceived as good, honest, and adherent to the values of respect and honor of his world. Mm -hmm. And to him, it's we have to look at it under the lens, and this might help you. That when he does that with his sisters, yeah. he is mm -hmm. showing utmost respect to them. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. And that's what yeah, he's, totally. right? That's, but here is a cultural divide that it will be yeah. very difficult, right? For Because there really yeah. is no middle ground. Because you will be wanting him to say, but, but let's quote-unquote, educate your sisters that you can be a good man, you can be you, and still mm -hmm. drink occasionally. And, and that's what I told him. Western. That's what I told him. Right? I can explain. You know, I, I'm not going to get drunk and get wasted. However, with a nice pasta, I'd like to have a glass of wine. And she said <laughs> exactly. they're not ready for that. <laughs> they're not ready for that. So I said, right. okay. And, and just respect right. you and not order, you know. Yeah. Here's the other thing that you want to think about. Because there's really no real answer to this. It's just a different perspective. In other words, he also wants to show them that, how do I put this? He wants them to respect you. Yeah, and to and see me in the high esteem as well. Yes. Like see him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we in yeah. the West, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing because we want to help people to progress, right? And we have, yeah. you know, there, there just is the reality that the, the Eastern world is not progressed in that way, right? It's just not to that degree. It doesn't make it right or wrong mm -hmm. because quite frankly, their society is doing really, really well in terms of the core values that we would like uh, to see more of here, respecting right. other people's. Yes. I mean, look, look what we just went through with, uh, you know, the, the policeman with uh, George Floyd, uh, not respecting exactly. his life and humanity. Then we see that 
uh, blowing up into, well, let's not respect anybody's uh, life or humanity or uh, storefronts or whatever by two, a right. wrong, two wrongs, you know, are the right way to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's nothing is, nothing is ever perfect. But the hypocrisy right. for you is going to be very, very hard to swallow. Either you will have to get comfortable joining him in respecting his needs around his family or mm -hmm. he would need to change. And the change could be quite a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Now, you're talking about perhaps moving to back to Canada. Yes, although I don't see that as a possibility because I love it here for a number of reasons, that that could be, you know, something that a possibility in the future. And I have some reservations around that with him. Absolutely. Understand. And he's willing so. to do that for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But if you do, he has to pretty much start from the bottom and you want to I, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're concerned that he doesn't have the drive to do what he'll need to do to make it in the Western world. He, I words, think he has the drive. School. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just don't think that he would, it would be so hard for him, I think. Like, I just don't want to do that to him. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I don't want to put him through that. Like okay. knowing, you know, he, he just got his master's last year and all the work and he's, you know, he's working. He says, I have a job of a 40 year old in my company, but this is how knowledgeable mm. he is. Mm. And bringing him to Canada where he might have to do another degree or he might have to start from mm -hmm. zero. That I don't want to do that to him. Like I have so much respect and love for him that mm -hmm. to do that and he might have to work out of some dead end job or something. Like I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. I would hate myself for doing it, to be honest. Okay. So you, you will be helped by looking at this under a lens of what I call futuring. If you decide to marry, you want to have children, correct? Yes. So children change your life completely. Yeah. I mean, it's an entirely different world and change. Yeah. You, you can't imagine until it happens, but you right. have to future it because here's the deal. You will need family more than ever. Right now, you yeah. can be a world away from your family and everything is just fine. Yes. But marriage is beautiful in that you have hopefully two two families bringing together to help raise children or at least one that you can lean on. And if you stay... And the interesting thing... Yep. I was just going to say the interesting thing is that we would have that support, you know, like 100%. Even if we decide to stay here, my parents would come, you know, take care of the kids once a month, once, uh, one month a year. His parents would come here frequently. And so we would have that support. Okay. But I, I want you to think about how your life would be in terms of every day. Every day, what happens, and especially in his culture, mm -hmm. it will be expected that you will do more family things and be around family more with your children. And he will want that because that is his culture. And, yeah, so and I would want that, definitely. Like, I'd, I'd love to. 
be around them. Like, and okay. here people have nannies, so it, it there there is help. There's uh-huh. help, you know, Wonderful. back home. Nobody has nannies. Like, no. Yeah. Right. Unless the unless it's, you have uh, a, a lot difference. of money. Yes. Yes. Correct. So exactly. But you will have to deal with that hypocrisy in ways that you're not even aware of right now. Meaning how you raise yeah. the children, certainly girls. I mean, we want all the foundational principles to be instilled in those boys. But but mm-hmm. you have to be very clear about, you know, that it, it is still, there's uh, women's rights. It's not like you don't have any. That's not the case at all. And you're highly valued mm-hmm. in a way that is protective. But when mm-hmm. you've been raised in the Western world and you feel that you are absolutely on par with a man in many ways Mm -hmm. they're actually raising you in their uh, way to a to a higher level than a man in a way that is beautiful but yet right there's a, a there's also a component of it that isn't exactly equal so it it's really yeah, tough like and you have to be very like right yeah so you mm-hmm. have to be very mm-hmm. you know aware of that so you really have to future this for yourself to see you know and really think about because you are young enough this is not your last chance at marriage and children right Mm -hmm. and this could feel very different to you if you were 40 talking to me about it right you can imagine right definitely feel very different definitely very very different so right now you have a shot and I want to talk to you about that to help you make a decision here and we'll do that right when we come back are you ready to move forward with a man who's dragging his heels if you're ready to be completely committed and experience what it's like to have your man coming to you to make things exclusive and move towards a formal commitment connect with coach Paula on Instagram YouTube Facebook or by simply taking one of our free relationship evaluations at willhecommit.com. I'm seeing this under the lens of a dating and relationship coach now. And here's what I know in a situation like this. That continuing on in this relationship in this amorphous, undecided way that you both are will not serve you. And it will not really serve either of you, but most specifically, it won't serve you. And what I mean by that is that he's made a decision and he would marry you. And you know that. You... Mm -hmm are holding on to this relationship because of the love. But you haven't Mm -hmm. made a decision. What happens is that when we don't make a decision and we hold on to relationships because of the love, which men don't do. In other words, um, love alone does not uh, wholly predict their decisions. They make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it is valuable in a case like this that you make a decision despite your feelings. 
And that's really where you are. You've got to make a decision despite your feelings in any way because you are feeling, say you do it one way and you decide, okay, I'm going to marry him. That's making a decision despite having reservations and feelings of all the things that you just mentioned to us that we talked about before the break. Right. Or if you do it the opposite way and you don't, that's making a decision despite your love, respect, honor, all of those things about him. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. Yes. Here's what I feel about those two choices. The first choice of marrying him despite all of these things for you is Mm -hmm. precipitous because you are young and you have choices in your life that you will have less and less as the years go by. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, right now you are holding the gift of youth and you have another five, eight, even nine, even perhaps 10 years, at most 10, because of how males Mm -hmm. view uh, marrying for children. Right. But that's your time span to really um, make your life the best it can be vis-a-vis a a relationship. Mm -hmm. And you have a shot at that. Okay. So if you make the decision out of love, despite all these other, I think that would be a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why more about that. The other way around, right, if you don't make that choice, is that fate plays its hand sometimes despite all the other plans and stuff that we do. What I mean by that is that if you cut this off in a way that is absolutely necessary in a romantic relationship to have a chance for the future. If you are meant to be together and that life force of the child inside you being his, then that will occur. But if you hold on to this and you continue in this amorphous, undecided place, it will end badly and you will ruin it and perhaps ruin the chance. Yeah, and maybe ruin a friendship. Like, you know, it's not easy to come by people like that. And I I wouldn't want to ruin that relationship. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You are not doing either of you a favor by holding on to this due to love and indecision. Do you see what I mean? Right. It's love and indecision. It's simply those two things Mm -hmm. that are holding you up. Mm -hmm. You're not doing yourself a favor to really discover and possibly have what is meant to happen in your Mm -hmm. life. And you're not giving him Mm -hmm. the chance to move on. And it is going to weigh you down. In other words, all you, there is nothing more you need to know. You can't change him in any meaningful mm-hmm. way. You have who it is that you, you're going to have, and that's not going to change. Yeah. These things, he's not going to turn into a Western man. Uh, it, it would take a lifetime 
to make any of those mm -hmm. real changes. And fundamentally, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean anything about the love. But if you continue on in this way, you do not give yourself the chance. You don't make it clean cut. Grieve yeah. the, the loss. Let him do the same. And that is your best shot at coming back around should you feel differently after other relationships in three, five, seven, eight years. And then you think, yeah, oh, well. I agree with you 100%. Right? But then you think, oh, well, but then he could have found someone else and married. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, that's what was meant to be. Yeah. Going back to the fate, like this wasn't meant to happen Absolutely. anyway. If, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe mm, it's a hard pill to that, swallow because it's hard to, to let go. <laughs> but yes, of course, hundred percent. That's what has but to it's, happen. It's, I believe you will do yourself a favor so that you can absolutely move on. And if you, here's what you can do: you can take the love, and you can put the love into him and the breakup. Because here's what I feel, that if you were to make the first choice of marrying, it's not going to get mm -hmm. better in terms of him mm, becoming that mm, kind of westernized man who's going to get up and go to the gym and do all that or whatever. It's, it's, that's not going to happen, okay? You will resent mm -hmm. him. And at your age, when you yes, feel, and that's you a big word. have... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Resent, regret. I, I don't. Yeah. No, not for me. I don't want that. Who does, right? That's tough. Yeah. Because if you look back at whatever age, right, when you were 80, you don't mm -hmm. regret most typically what you've done in life. You regret what you didn't do. Yeah. And if you don't give yourself this shot at your age, and I can only tell you this from experience and being much older, that you will regret it. Mm -hmm. Not taking that you are a person who is adventurous, who takes chances, who <laughs> goes for it, right? Look at all that you've yeah. done. Yes. And we've never traveled together. I'm, I'm crazy about traveling. That's another thing. Like we, we don't match in that sense. He doesn't really care to. I'm crazy about it. First chance I get, I want to play in somewhere, you know. That's another big thing. Like, I need someone who matches me like that. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that you are holding on to this love. Yeah. That's not really fair. And it's not going to serve you or him. Yeah. And I have, I have to be the one letting go because I know he won't. I know he won't. He'll just keep coming around. He loves me. And if I don't make that decision. And that's what a man does. Nothing's going to happen. who loves you does. He, nothing. He will mm -hmm. continue it, it, because the woman is the mechanic. He will just continue on in this car as it is for however long you allow him to be in it. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm, I'm serious. Okay. Yeah. No, it's like a revelation to me. It's just oh, up to me. Good. Yeah, and I read this in your book about the woman being a mechanic of relationships. So it makes total sense. Yeah. And that's really 
where you're left. I'm glad it's a revelation because then it takes the mm-hmm. work of doing it and the support because you have to make this extremely clean and it has to be presented to him in a way with love, respect, and caring. And that you have to make him understand that this is, and when I say make him understand, you can only do, you know, you can't make anybody do anything, but present it in a way that is of love and respect and that this is what you must do for you and for him in that you must take this time to see and to discover what might be out there. Think of yourself as this traveler and adventurer and discoverer. And that will be the best way for both of you to have a future either away from each other or I totally believe this. If it's meant to come back around because of that love, it will. And there is time for that. So how do you feel about uh, what I just said and where you go from here? So I feel good. And, you know, my cousin, she's been telling me like the same thing. And everyone says, if you're not going to love him and be with him and give him a real chance, let him go so he can move on. And if you're not going to be the one letting go, then he's not leaving. And the fact that, like you said the same thing, I'm just, yeah, in awe. You know, this is something that I have to do because he won't. And I told him, please help me. Like, I did say, you know, you have to help me. Oh, no. That will never, ever happen. That will will never, ever, ever happen. He's made his decision, okay? You must make yours. And Mm -hmm. it, it is through loving, reframing it, that it's through loving him, right? Mm-hmm. And and because you love him, that you are doing this. The feelings of love will not end because you are ending this relationship at all. That's where the grief, the right. loss, all of it comes in. What you must do is make a decision that despite those feelings, you will do this because you know intellectually it's the right thing for you to go and be that discoverer for your own life and be the adventurer that you are and discover Mm -hmm. what is really going to be right for you. And that may come back around to him. If so, absolutely. If so, Mm -hmm. you will only have a good chance at that if you cut it off with absolutely no contact, no friendship at all, right. it cannot. Nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would be the mistake. And it has right. to be very clear to him that you are making this decision. It pains you, but you know you are doing right by him and you know you are doing right by you. And if this is ever meant to come back around for complete commitment, the time is now. You've been together three years. There's nothing more you need to know. Okay? It Mm -hmm. is gathering your team, Isabella, that's going to be around you for support. Because he is not the one to ever lean on for any kind of support with this. Okay? It is not fair. It's not right. Right, so you cut it off. There is to be no 
contact. That's life changing. I get that. Yeah. It's tough. So you have to have your cousin, your friends, your family, everyone around you supporting it so that you can reach out to them when you are abjectly grieving and thinking that you made a mistake because it's going to be a roller coaster. Okay. Right. And then that way I'll be able to move on because right now I feel like I'm just stuck in this energy of, yeah, not being able to do anything else. I'm with you, but I'm not with you, but how can I allow the right one in? Yeah. You can't. Totally. While you're with him, you can't. Exactly. Right? And he and he's absolutely not going to. Right? Yeah. So I'm realizing yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I've taken everything into account that you said, you know, about the desire and security and for just, just to make one last point with him, I never really felt that infatuation or desire or that lust at the beginning that I've had with like other men. Mm-hmm. And that's I think something that I also want to have, like with, with the one for me. You know, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. yeah, that attraction piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, you will be wise to allow that to possibly occur. And when that happens, I hope you'll reach out to me because it's in the beginning <laughs> that when you meet that person, that is when the work needs to be done to set the groundwork for complete commitment right at the end right because we don't tend to think about that when it's happening and we are in passion and we are in in infatuation right Right. that's when a systematic kind of approach and and keeping ourselves holding ourselves to a certain set of standards that work to allow him to get where we are right really Mm -hmm. is helpful yeah in the meantime, you know, I hope you are able to go forward with all of this and know that really, really trust that if this is meant to be in a few years to come, a year, two years, five years, seven years, what have you, it mm-hmm. will occur. But your life will have changed dramatically and you will have discovered, really, your complete knowing about really what you want in life and really what you want in a partner and your best chance of finding that is is now so absolutely you yes. do your best to go forward with this and um certainly connect with us and let us know what's going on perfect i definitely will thank you Great. again okay so Completely. i'm glad you okay. were on today i'm glad this was helpful Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your patience with the connection. And uh, I appreciate everything you said. I've, yeah, you're completely right. And this is something that I have to do. So, yeah, thank you so much. And I really appreciate your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, very good. A very interesting discussion. Um, Love that I can help someone get clear. Now, the work is just starting in terms of actual enacting it, right? And that's something that um, someone like Isabella is going to need to um, have lots of support around and friends, family. um, I don't doubt in hearing her that she has the fortitude to do this. It was really giving her permission to do it and the why of doing it vis-a-vis a male. 
So I wish her luck with that. I I believe that she can do it and will be reaching out to me if she needs further support on it in terms of something I can help provide for her. But uh, that will be, again, when a new man comes into the picture with potentially all that she's looking for and more of a better match in that way for her. And I look forward to doing that for you listening. Thanks for being here. Follow me, please, on Instagram, YouTube. Find me on Facebook if you'd like. It's very helpful in continuing my work here because I must be supported as well. And I appreciate all that support and getting the word out on this podcast, on my book, on my work. I'm very appreciative of. If you'd like to be a guest, go to realcoachingconversations.com and fill out the questionnaire. And you could be talking to me so that I can help you perhaps sort through something going on with your life and love. In the meantime, with any man, make sure you are making him wonder. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.